Talk Recorded live. Good morning, good evening, wherever you may be, across the nation or around the world. Once again, you're listening to the VMware Communities Roundtable Podcast. This is podcast number 447. My name is Eric Nielsen, and with me today, my co-host, John White. John, how are you doing? Doing really well, Eric. Uh, by the way, the color of the bay, I have no idea, but let me tell you about the color of the Las Vegas Strip. Bright. Eight in the morning. So bright I had to wear sunglasses in the bus ride over. It has been a beautiful, sunny desert day today, for sure. And uh, we're at VMworld, and we're at the VMworld podcast. We, for, forgive us for the uh, the buzzing sound of the audience you hear. It sounds a lot like fans, but it's really just the crazy audience that's going on. And uh, we're in the community booth uh, with the VMware code. Everything's been happening. Uh, it's been really busy. So how's your show been? It's been really well, but let's, uh, let's say hi to the audience first. Audience, everybody. They're all there. It's it's, it's amazing, guys. This has been super busy. I mean, they, we just got everything going on. But before we get into what's going on at VMworld, let's just talk about the show. We have on the show uh, John Furrier. John Furrier runs the Cube. He's also doing uh, really cool stuff around uh, blockchain and um, uh, community, you know, community services using uh, using blockchain. So he's got some good stuff. We're going to talk a little bit about that. So really, social currency and what does social currency mean? So John, welcome to the the show. We'll, we'll get to you in a little great, bit. But. Great to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Great job. The code section of VMworld you guys have is so impressive. The, the uh, demos are awesome. Yeah. Great stuff. Yeah, you got the got the hackathon going on uh, so far. So, uh, but before we get to you know social currency, what does it mean? Blockchain. We announced blockchain. You guys have blockchain stuff you're doing and social currency. We'll get to that. But before we get to that, do uh, some highlights. So the hackathon. We had the hackathon going on. I think we had like uh, 150 people at the hackathon. 18 teams going on. Uh, really good event. Everybody had a nice time. There were some winners. Uh, one of the winners, the third place, was a blockchain app that they built. So wow. uh, we live stream that on uh, Facebook.com slash VMware Code. So if you want to go watch Hackathon and look at the project winners, you can go do that. We've live streamed that. We also live stream all of the code power sessions. So we've had like 60 power sessions on code-related topics, and those have been super busy, packed, full, right? Standing room only kind Standing of stuff. room only. And, yeah, and yeah, my yeah. Uh, Twitter mentions just like the everything that I saw as far as like VMware Code and the Hackathon you know, coming across the wire was just amazing. Just so much, so much amplification there. So that was good. We had the VExpert party last night. Pat did show up and uh, did the rounds, said hello to everybody. We had nice. V barbecues, so we had some a big old pig. They were just ripping apart a pig. So if you're sensitive to animal rights, don't talk to us because we ate a pig last night. That was a <laughs> lot of fun uh, at the pinball machine museum. It'll probably be the last time because we won't be in Vegas next year, I bet. So, but that was a good event. So all in all, like uh, busy. It seems like there are more people this year. Uh, certainly the VExpert party. We had double the number last year we had three or four thousand dollars worth of quarters that got donated to the red cross um all money that was spent at the extra party goes to red cross uh for for the hospital uh surgery type work for for poor people so that's that's good um, but the the cool thing was last year we had like uh two thousand dollars worth of quarters left this year we ran right out of quarter, so we had double the number. I, it felt like it was like three or four hundred people um, at the at the VExpert event, which was which was also cool. So right, and stuff. you had the second half of the experts able to come to the second half 
of the party, right? Yeah, so, yeah, uh, that's right. The second halves uh, had to go to the back of the line, uh, so and they got like the the hooves of the pig. Right, right. Yeah, the the scraps. Yeah, that was it. Right. Uh, what else is going on that's worthwhile? I thought the keynotes were pretty good. Those are live streamed. Um, keynotes were yeah. pretty amazing. Yeah. Uh, the one thing that was not available live stream was um, the keynote by Malala and the interview with uh, Sanjay Poonin. So if sometimes when there's special guests, yeah. you just got to come to VMworld and, and see them. I got to tell you, I was super inspired. Uh, uh, I think uh, some dirt got in my eye. I was, uh, yeah. I'll be honest, I was tearing up a little bit and uh, just super, super inspiring to see that. Yep, so if you missed it, I'm sorry. And the, and the show's still going. We're only like about half over here, right? Or uh, they're still going to all day today, all day, you know, but most of tomorrow. Got some really cool, innovative speakers that will not be live streamed as well. So you, you got to get here if you're going to be part of it, so right. for sure. But a lot of, lot of cool stuff, a lot of fun. And uh, and we're looking forward to VMworld Europe. So we're going to do the whole thing over again in VMworld Europe. We're not skimping. We're going to spend another 150 grand on booth and uh, Raspberry Pis and CodeCoin and a lot other things so let's transition to what we want to talk about today with John um, yeah. which is uh, if you caught the keynote VMware is um, doing a blockchain implementation right um, we got some good computer science uh, guys that uh, you know uh, worked on some algorithms they claim that the blockchain that VMware is going to uh, release and embed into NSX uh, is going to be 10x performance um, at resolving conflicts across the blockchain nodes right so uh, we'll see it's always fun to see what software VMware comes out with really high quality engineers we've had some fun with it uh, in uh, in the code program where we built a, a thing called code coin so if you want to go check out code coin you can go to uh, vmwcc.com it's a little mobile app and you it's a web app that's mobile friendly uh, formatted for mobile and you can uh, get some coin and uh, you know if you use your Twitter ID so you don't have to get complicated on how to get in there and get some coin we're only letting you uh, spend the coin at VMworld but uh, that's okay uh, and we're not really you know we're not really taking that coin beyond on just kind of a cool marketing program for the show to showcase blockchain. But why we're here and why we have John Furrier here is that we've announced blockchain and John's been doing some really cool things around blockchain, social currency. Uh, so John, welcome to the show. Why don't you give us the elevator pitch? Who are you? How long have you been in the ele the, uh, the ecosystem? And then we'll get into what we've been working on. Great. Thanks for having me. First of all, the, the VMware coin thing you're doing is really awesome. It's It really highlights the benefits of the kind of token economics future that we're going to live. And then blockchain obviously is just a disruptive technology. So disclosure, I'm bullish on blockchain. Um, I'm John Furrier. This is my ninth year at VMworld with theCUBE, which is our live yeah. um, digital that's, only that's awesome. TV-like thing where we go out and talk to the smart people, execs, entrepreneurs, people in the community, get the data from them, share that. It's an authentic, genuine interview style. We've been called the ESPN of tech. We've been doing it for nine years. Started out in the garage, one person, two people. Now it's 50 people in the company. SiliconAngle.com is our blog. It's all publishing journalism, editorial, pure editorial. We have also the Cube coverage, which has some sponsorship. It's fully disclosed. But we're dropping in. I think we've dropped over 25 stories already, about 15 editorial stories. We've got a future of the data center on there. Nine years, we've watched the transformation of VMware. We've talked to everyone pretty much at the exec level over the years. Uh, now Michael's in the mix with, with the Dell EMC, so we had him on yesterday. We're going to do 96 interviews over three days on a live set that, that you guys built out in an amazing footprint, and it's just been very well received and continues to grow as a community project. Right. 
If I can ask, uh, can you talk maybe a little bit about the thesis and how the, the origin of the cube came about? Like, I think I feel like I've heard you talk about it before, but if you could just expand on that. Well, first of all, we, you know, I, when I, before I started SiliconANGLE and the cube, I was in the podcast, and one of the first podcasters in Silicon Valley, I think I was like the second venture-backed company to do podcasting, and no one had a business model there. So I, we tried to pivot to video. I did the first video blogging network. We held the first award show for video blogging before YouTube became popular called The Vloggies. That company went under. We all went under. There's no business in podcasting. But I learned a lot about video. And when I met Dave Vellante and I started working with Wikibon and before we merged together, I was doing the real-time blogging ethos thing, link the people, have them. It's very community-driven uh, ethos around sharing. Uh, that sharing culture was very big. And I realized that video was going to be important. But video is really hard. So we said, we're only going to do live video because lives, you don't have to edit it. Right. <laughs> so, exactly. so live is good. Um, and then when I met Dave Vellante, we didn't really, we did Dell EMC, EMC World 2010, nine years ago, um, because it was a spur of the moment, let's spice up the Blogger Lounge. So, you know, we knew a lot about Blogger Lounge since I did the first ever Blogger Lounge called the Blog House in 2007 with PodTech in Vegas, it was the first ever Blogger Lounge. And uh, we pioneered that as a team. And so I said, let's do a video. And we said, what do we do? Let's, let's just do like what ESPN does. Let's just talk to them. Let's just, no teleprompters. Let's just shoot the breeze and, and share the data and the conversation. And that started it. And then we just kept growing. And that VMworld that same year, Paul Moritz announced the, you know, the vision of VMware, which is essentially cloud at the time, uh, his vision. And that was a seminal moment for us because at VMware, it's kind of a validation point at VMworld because VMworld has a lot of smart people and we realized that this format was working and we just never stopped. We kept reinvesting every sponsorship dollar we got into production and into footprint. And then we built a community and we don't register, no one registers. It's just, it was all free content. We believe in free content, put it out there and it just created great flywheel of a network effect. So we got a great network, smart people, People love the videos, they learn, they get provides discovery, but we don't measure it. We don't know how big it is. <laughs> it's big, but you know, we're always asked how big it is. We just don't know. Right. We know it's in the millions. Yeah. So you've been you've been cutting edge on all of, all kind of community uh, blogging content outbound content and then content curation right where you've done content syndication right and you've you've done you've been in Twitter I know we used uh, what was it Tweet Chat or Tweet uh, Crowd Chat Crowd Chat where we, we ran those and those are really interesting and looking yeah. at the metrics and really driving down to who's using what on some of that stuff right and yeah. and and just innovating and so here we are like I think I innovate and I think VMware innovates a lot in the community space but I looked at you and I go wow you just you're just like yeah. innovating and you're innovating with big big people and big dollars right yeah and so um, so now we get into this this whole idea of community content and we we've had this uh, sharing conversation where even the VMware program is unique in that we're not really here to just own the content we're here to create brands and get people uh, to, to be micro publishers right or to be yeah. kind of publishing houses and, and this all happened when Google you know AdWords and, and Google Google allowed you to get revenue for your blogs right yeah. by putting AdSense on there and AdWords and yeah. you could actually and, and we saw brands spring up and we saw sponsorship packet packages happening to little blog people and so so there you've always been in this 
space of trying to figure out how to yeah. monetize, how to enable. Uh, and, and now we're in uh, 2018 and along comes, you know, uh, blockchain and being able to, you know, yeah. do transactions, right? You know, microcurrencies, currencies, transactions um, for real. Yeah. And, and now, now VMware is getting into that business of providing frameworks for doing this kind of stuff. So yeah. you guys have been now been uh, looking at how to, how, to, how to do some of this stuff yourself. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think one of the things Pat Kelsey always says is, if you're not on the next wave, you're going to be driftwood. And he said that on theCUBE. It's a quote. Everything that's been said on theCUBE is actually probably going to be in a business book someday. But we, our philosophy has always been, try to innovate. And VMware is the same culture because you get lucky by being there, being present at creation in a lot of these trends. And what's happening with our businesses is that we've had a challenge for multiple years to prove who our audience is. But that was not, that was counter to how we were thinking. We wanted free content to flow. And we discovered quickly that high quality content travels deep into networks. It has legs, it traverses, it, it's forward around. There's a real digital effect there. And the second, but, but in order to do good content, that's counterintuitive with, if it bleeds, it leads, you know, clickbait and link bait. So the advertising model doesn't work anymore in communities. The second thing we learned is that the data that communities have is a collective intelligence paradigm. And with AI and machine learning, this ripe for innovation. And the second thing we learned is data can't be ported and proprietarily owned, right? So we believe and we feel strongly that that's the case. Now we got lucky because we've invested in the software uh, operation over nine years ago to write our own software. To, we've had a Twitter fire host from day one. We've written DevOps, we've been cloud native. So what we realize is the, that communities offer a great opportunity, community software, blockchain in particular, and token economics to incent communities to provide data that they can still own and reward value for contribution. Very similar to an open source software ethos. So that's what we believe in and that's what we built and we're doing a tech preview here at VMware, VMworld right. and showing and some people. The, one of the challenges that I see in spending dollars, right? So we have dollars to spend. I have dollars to spend. I have a you know, million and a half dollar budget a year that gets, gets allocated out. One of the problems that I have is that I can't set up POs, right, for tiny vendors, right? I get to have two or three big vendors that I can spend dollars to. John, you know this is the cube, right? Like there's there's a lot of work to get enterprise vendor, you know, certification insurance, all that kind of stuff. So if I want to spend five or $10,000 on some really good content that's been created by the community, uh, it's it's very difficult to do. So enter in, you know, the ability to do micropayments and to be able to uh, uh, do, you know, use blockchain to, yeah. to enable this. Um, I think there's there's room for that, right? Blockchain I mean, changes the equation right. on uh, it's. You mentioned AdWords. AdWords was a was a Web 1.0, maybe a Web 2.0 concept, right. but it was very lucrative on an advertising basis. No one's actually built software to be horizontally scalable across communities. So what is AdWords? It's a bid for a keyword based on someone typing a search into a search engine, and it auctions the top result for the people who find it most relevant. Right. You could do that in a community by having a mark, mark call marketing bounty. You can go to the community at large saying, I have an interest and I have money, right. and I want to incent some behavior. Right. Right, it could exactly. be write a white paper, right. contribute to a I community. want more AWS content, you know, VMC on AWS. And if I the community that, likes it or it yeah, reaches yeah. a quality bar, you can right. get tokens that could convert to cash or goods. This right. is real horizontal economics that translates into value creation. So, and value creation today is not captured by the people who create it. 
And the evidence of that is, in this community, the Cube, V Brown Bay, all these people doing great content are undervalued. Yeah, well, they don't get anything, right? And, yeah, yeah. And you news, have to media, go, yeah, media channel, creators right? are severely undervalued when we have data that shows that they're the most valuable. So the value valuation right. is off, big right. time. Yeah, this you changes a, the you game. You get a jacket with a code yeah. logo on it, but that's a, that's about all you get, right? You, this guy right, can reach right, decision right. makers. Oh, right. your podcast only reaches 500 people. Yeah, but that's the 500 people that matter. And by the way, two of those people reach millions of people. So this network effect is not measured in any way. And I think that content, original content, is undervalued and that we need mechanisms to value that. And that's where blockchain and tokens, coins, are really fit the bill beautifully. It's a perfect fit to weed out the frauds, fraudsters, the bots, and reward the high-quality creators. So, social capital has been done, and or what I should say is it's been tried and failed before, right? There's been, I, I remember a specific instance of on Facebook, people tried to like integrate like a, a side app that would kind of measure like how many people you're reaching, and based on that, they said, oh, you're really good or not so great, right? And I think that company actually finally went under, but um, that's a little bit different from what you're talking about with actual like tracking and network effect and ultimately money. Yeah, social capital is a really huge deal. In Silicon Valley, they use the term social proof in, in, the, in the venture world. There's reputation involved. As the analog and digital merge together where digital is the primary value creation, social capital matters. But the, the issue is, is that if a monolithic entity or engine manages it, there's no contextual relevance to, to social capital. So what communities have always been good at is identifying what is relevant, who has what social capital. So if you're the town lunatic, everyone's gonna know you're crazy, right? Or if you're really good, communities are highly efficient. So what's happening with social capital is you are what you are. And your work, your proof of work or proof of stake are concepts that are thrown around in blockchain. We view content as a proxy for who you are. If you wanna be reputable and have social capital, you have to contribute content and people can know it. If you don't want social capital, you don't want to be just a lurker, fine, don't do anything, right? So the choice is on the users. Now, the problem I have is the people brokering social capital are not the organizations that actually have the best capability to manage it, meaning the communities. If Facebook's going to manage social capital and reputation, they're doing it for their perverse incentive of advertising. How to put ads in front of you, not the reason for filtering for the benefit of the, of the content creator. So Facebook is a great example, the backlash. They use our data, they license our data. I can own my data on Facebook, but they license it and use it to put ads in front of me and make a shitload of money. So, you know, do I like that? Well, I get to see what my friends in high school are doing. I see what Eric's beehives are doing. So I get some value, but enough's enough. When you when it, when businesses yeah, when they're line. making you know, where they're monetizing and then the the publishers aren't getting they don't even give you your traffic numbers. Right? Publishers like are getting yeah, killed. Yeah. They're 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 doing what I call shadow framing. A term called shadow banning is what they've been doing with people who think they're online, but they're really being banned. That's a, a thing that's been in the news. Yep. Shadow framing is when they frame publishers' content to give the impression there's been a redirect, but there hasn't been. So what's happening is the 302 redirect in DNS is actually not happening. So publishers are losing traffic at an alarming rate, and their business models are crashing big time. Yep. That has to end, right? So. Right, right. 
Yeah, I can see that. Um, so, are you? Can you talk about what you've created uh, in, in your company to start to, to harness some of this? And I know you've been showing some yeah. people around here. I don't know what's under NDA here and what it's you're all, allowed to talk about. It's all about, in the open. But, uh, so we have. Why don't you take us through some of the stuff you're so working we on? So we built two things. We have this, uh, the Cube Studio stuff. We built a, a cloud system we call the Cube Cloud. We haven't released that yet. It's not public, but it's not really a secret. We called the Cube Cloud. It's going to be a set of technologies that we're going to open up to communities to use: a video search engine, video ingest. Uh, automated clipping and creating highlights and unique assets from one video, 15 minute video, you can make multiple clips. That's called Video Clipper. Um, it's under the brand name Cube365, so video.cube365.net. If you want to sign up, we'll give you access, you can play with it. On the blockchain side, we created a preview called VM at vmworld.thecube.net. It's a technology preview. There's been no UX work involved, no UI. We're really trying to showcase the bones and back end, which is 90% complete. It's full ERC-20 wallet on the test network, working really well. Some bugs here and there. Okay, hold on a minute. Back up. I know you know all about it. What is it? Give me a description of what it it's is. It's an open, we're calling it the Open Community Project, where we're going to okay. be donating technology to the community to use and tell us what is best. And the only thing so, that, they're so, going to download a wallet. Right. So it is a framework. It's a right? software, pa software, software framework SAS. that's on a website yep. that's going to allow me to upload video uh, as a content production person, right? I run, we, we live stream our blog podcast every week if we wanted to. We go to your, your service, upload our content in there, then you're going to rate it, right? And, and, the and community rate will rate me, it. right? Yeah, or, the, community or rate rate it. the community will rate it. Yeah. And then my content will then get associated some value. And then you've created some kind of coinage that I can get, that I can use either to, to, to grab other people's content, right? Uh, or in a bartering system, right? Or potentially turn that that coinage into other other things, maybe possibly even cash. Yeah, so it's, 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 there's two main flywheels. First of all, it's software that we've written, first party software, where you have to log in with a wallet, you gotta download a wallet, it's a little bit cryptic right now, but once you get a wallet, you can be issued tokens. So actors can contribute content and earn tokens for free, you don't have to pay for them. Your contribution creates a data flywheel around content contribution. That drives reputation. So we have an influence token, right. we're calling it an influence token, influences your contribution activity at the community values that translates to a math equation on reputation. As you get more reputation in the flywheel, you can then go to the marketplace and trade your reputation for whatever you want or you can go in and offer services content. So con contributing content. There's a profile, there's a news feed, there's um, 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 videos you can upload, content. But you don't have to give up where you domicile your content franchise. So if you're a blogger, you want to keep your blog, if you're a YouTuber, you keep your YouTube, wherever you're doing, so you, you join in like an upstream project. It's just like an upstream project for content. So Unlike everyone's medium. invited, it's free. It's like Medium, it's like Steam It. It's free for everyone to use, but the people who contribute the value and help shape this project will capture the value in the form of more tokens, which convert to equity or convert tokens to cash. Right, and now, and this is where I get into, because I've tried, I've now figured this out, or let the model, which is, okay, great, so you got tokens, people upload video, they get these tokens, where does the actual dollars come from? And I think what I understand is, VMware, like myself, if I want to create an AWS experience, right, yeah. and I need AWS content, I can come, and because and I've already got a, I, well, and I've already got a PO with you, an enterprise, so instead of me needing to do micro POs to, 350 bloggers, right? I have a thousand bloggers in the program. If I send them to you, 
you you know you're going to be able to give them currency, right? Yes. And I don't have to do a PO with them. I just have to do a 50k PO to you, and then I'm going to consume 50k worth of content, and you're going to allocate that out the non-taxable thing because it's a it's a token. I think technically they have to get a 1099 by U.S. laws, but in general, yes, okay. we would be a light payment rail into the system. It's a, it would allow you to frictionlessly go out and offer bids and bounties and saying, hey, I'm looking for an AWS experience. I'm looking for people that meet these right. requirements and detail them out in a like, bounty, not a bug bounty, a marketing right. bounty yeah. with cube, we're calling it cube tokens, right. cubes. Right. Uh, you can say 10,000 cubes for this experience, which could translate to maybe three grand or whatever. Right, right. However, the price right. Well, the then there's a, there's a price depending on content, but yeah, and I didn't mean to, uh, you know, to, to mention the tax scenario No, 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 all, no, right? no, no this that, is important. That makes the, sense. The it's economic, the economic right. workflow is important right. because right. how people make money from this is right. as they earn more tokens from the reputation, you would have to buy from the marketplace, so there'd have to be a bid and yep. asked, hey, I'm looking for some coins, I got $10,000. And the value for me, a big enterprise purchaser, is that I can do this buy community content, right? And, 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 and we, we've tried to do a little of this with the VExpert program where we do a call for content, right? And yeah. I've actually talked about somehow getting them some financial reward for the call for content because I feel guilty that I'm I'm asking, you know, 2,000 experts to go build us content, yeah. but then I have no way other than giving them happy, you know, happy rewards programs. Here you can have real value. Right. But and I can, and yeah, I can it's, a, it's like setting a bid on a Google that. AdWords. Right. I want that right. keyword, so I'm going to pay right. that price. Right. You can do a social bounty that says, hey, if you meet the requirements, you get paid. Now, the beautiful thing about blockchain is this thing called smart contracts. I can do the old, I know a guy. So I go to John, I accept your bounty. Hey, John, you want to write this white paper? Because I know you're the expert. I'll split it 50-50 with you. I do a smart contract with him on the blockchain. You get what you need. The community delivers value very efficiently. I get the 10 grand, I split it with him. He gets five because I don't no lawyer involved, no, no overhead. Very efficient to your point about the procurement. This is the way I think it's going to work. It's horizontal auctioning. You can have a guy who wants to hire an SE. I had a guy who said, I want to do a bounty for, I want to hire an SE in Boston. I'm going to pay 10 grand bounty. My cost alternative is to hire a headhunter, pay first year salary plus whatever. So headhunting, um, content production, all kinds of services from highly reputable people. So my next question is, what about traceability of transactions? So um, if I'm reading somebody's blog post, is there uh, a way to figure out, you know, hey, through Cubecoin, uh, can I track, did somebody pay for this to be created? Was this kind of organically created? So on, on the back end, and then, you know, maybe privacy-wise, like, you know, where, where did that money come from? Is, is that hidden? You know, the so two questions. questions. Two questions on the on the transaction on blockchain. Right now we're only using blockchain for token distribution and smart contracts. Because blockchain is not efficient enough yet to handle the IO on, on content interactions. The latency is too slow. That's why VMware is working on a killer solution. So in terms of putting everything on the blockchain, like the video and every interaction, we don't do that. We put that all in a, in a database. It's in the cloud. It's high performing. It works great like all apps do. So we can tell, because it's first party software, we can tell you liked it. So if you like something that's paid, we don't have to disclose it. If you like something that's paid, does it matter? You liked it, you're highly reputable. So that's, reputation is like a page rank. You transfer the content. Just because it's paid doesn't mean anything. If you say, this is a paid piece of shit content, you don't, your reputation says no, I don't like it. That impacts that filter. So every interaction is measured by the people. That's important, that's a collective intelligence. On the second part of the question, it was privacy. 
on the smart contract side, everything's immutable. So like everything's uh, on, the, on the Ethereum blockchain. So smart contracts, for instance, we wouldn't have to get a lawyer to do a contract. It's essentially a digital handshake, but it's memorialized in, in a smart contract. You say, hey, look, you owe me. So there's a little bit of a legal issue there, but for the most part, it's immutable, secure. So those, those are uh, encrypted transactions. The rest of the, the privacy stuff is going to be figured out when the blockchain stuff comes on. So until then, normal privacy occurs where when they sign in with the wallet, the tokens are all secure. Um, that's, that's pretty much it at that point. It's still kind of, it's evolving, but the, yeah, po yeah. the point is we envision a day where smart contracts and IO is going to be done on the blockchain. It's just blockchain is just not acceptable enough to throw everything on, on, on it. So for instance, cube videos. You know, deep fakes are a big problem in the industry, and the Cube videos are actually great training ground for deep fakes. So we plan on putting our videos on a blockchain. So if someone tampers with the video, we can go back to the reference source and say, hey, that video is not real. Eventually, everything in about five years will be verified content. There'll be almost enough authentication around, is something real? And that's coming really quick. Yeah, I think it's fascinating the whole the whole blockchain thing with uh, with nodes and like I look at BitTorrent and how BitTorrent did peer to peer sharing and like I look at this whole peer to peer sharing with transaction you know certi I don't know what we call certified transaction or whatever that is uh, it's it's interesting to see how many people that are in middlemen for transactions might fall by the wayside, right? Because this changes effectively how we can do purchasing, service delivery, monetization, all of that, right? And, that quali gets, and quality yeah. goes up. So efficiencies get eliminated, middlemen get disrupted. The efficiency and the quality increases. So if you just think about the bounty concept or content, people want to know who's reputable. So you know, tracking someone's reputation based upon what they do is what communities do anyway. If you think about how communities work, you, over time you earn your reputation. You can't buy it. So, um, you know, we solved the bot problem because if you try to game the system with bots, for instance, you can't just get or buy reputation. So you could bot all you want, but you're, it will never be filtered because you have no reputation. So content will start having reputation to it based upon who's consuming it, who's creating it, and a, a broad set of collective intelligence data points. It's interesting because you're measuring reputation by something other than the um, amount of people that can be rebroadcast to. Like Absolutely. Right, right now, somebody you might measure somebody's social value on Twitter yeah. by their ability to retweet some, but something mm -hmm. and reach a certain number of people. Right? They're, you know, hey, well, I retweet something and, and 20,000 people pay attention. That's pretty much the only way that you can measure it. We have, we have data on right now on the VMworld community counter, 83,000 people in our cube index right now, just on Twitter. And we have all kinds of analytics on what they tweeted, what they said. I will tell you as a fact, the people that in your community, Eric, that are, have the most relevance are the ones that have anywhere between 1,500 to 5,000 followers. That seems to be the sweet spot in the VMware ecosystem because the people that are trying to blow up their follower accounts are either media people that like me that might have 20,000 um, and because they have a broader reach but the core community that has the right set of followers have anywhere from a hundred to five thousand right. so the numbers don't matter the most influential people actually don't have the most followers the people who have the most followers have the most attention so they drive attention not uh, actionable things so you know I've seen guys with Twitter with 150 followers provide the most value sometimes because it might be at any given moment in context that maybe three of their followers have 
deep access to sub-networks that could reach millions of people. I, I see exactly what you're saying there. It just struck me as like, hey, what if I only reach 500 people, but they're all um, the CFOs of Fortune, the Fortune 500? Well, that's a really important subset of people to reach. So if that's who you're trying to reach, then that person yeah. is extremely valuable. But if that's not who you're trying to reach, then it's maybe but what, looking for as, somebody as a else. content producer also, like a YouTuber or a content producer, wouldn't it be great to know that of the 500 people in your follower list, two of them have a real valuable cross-connect to other communities of CIOs, thousands of CIOs. You'd want to actually involve them more in context of those kinds of conversations. You want to know where the subnet linchpins are that you can find other audiences rather than trying to own the audiences. It's about connecting networks together. This is where the value of the data comes in handy. If you can surface the fact that someone has the right followers and use token economics to incent people at any given time to have contextual relevance, the behavior takes care of itself. Contextual and behavioral were key fundamental value creators in Google and search and now it's moving to community data and nobody's doing anything. And we have the problem because we need to solve it for ourselves at theCUBE. We have millions of people who want to join our community, but there's no mechanism to join. There's no join button. It's not an RSS feed. It's not a podcast. It's not the Cube site or Wikibon. We need one unified join button that allows people to go horizontally free where they want, but connect back with the community. That's our so, goal. So you've been showing this stuff. I know Dirk Hollander, our, our VP or CTO of Open Source, has been there, and he's on, he's he's starting to gain his reputation. What was his impressions on it? He was fascinated by the fact that we were thinking about open source concepts with content, and and he was motivating force behind how we're positioned as, as an open open community project, built by the community for the community. We're going to donate like projects get donated this code in there, we're going to license it into a separate entity, and we're going to create value with people who will do it with us. And so it's very open, it's very transparent, and he goes, this is amazing. And then he understood quickly the benefits of the community upstream projects. And, and you know, he's really successful in open source, he knows open source. Open source projects have great upstream actors and behavior. And that's self-governed, right. it's community dynamics, it's perfect for token economics, it's perfect for blockchain and contribution, and then the downstream benefits that the people get off an upstream project apply directly to our project. And that's our philosophy with this, and we think it's a radical idea, but we think that right. the, the collective intelligence solves a lot of problems, from fake news to commerce. So, you know, we don't know, all we care about, all we care about is, do the people that create the value capture it? Right. And on the content side, that is a problem, and the people who are really good are undervalued. And so, this is interesting, and I'm going to transition a little bit. I know you don't know this is coming, but I'll, I'll talk a little bit about, you know, VMware and our community have all of these experts. We have 2,000 V experts, or close to it. We're at the end of the year, we'll have that. we got thousand different blogger branded blogger programs and these guys are, are really really good and, and and now as data center moves into cloud right that knowledge is going to be you know spreading out to the globe right because everybody's going to be you know running their little Amazon you know web service clouds right so how do we build a mechanism by where all this great IP right could be distributed in a monetized fashion to a much larger audience. And when I talk about much larger, yeah. I'm talking about 80 or 100,000 people coming to AWS reInvent, yeah. and, and, and where, you know, here we've got the, the guys that know how to do this, right? Yeah. Run how to run data centers and run VMs on top of things and Kubernetes and containers. And then being able to transition 
monetize that yeah. out into a much bigger audience, right? And uh, and that comes back into now AWS reInvent. And, you know, yeah. what are we doing? Why were we building programs to get our community people out into that AWS ecosystem before that AWS ecosystem yeah. uh, eats us? Like, it's not, I feel like there's this big wave coming, yeah. and we're on the boards, and we've been out hanging out, partying, <laughs> surfing all, and, and, like, we know how to surf, but we, we have to paddle to get on that wave. Yeah. And if we get on that wave, that's going to run us for the, the rest well, of our lives. Well, I'll tell you right now, right? you're on the wave right now, because Andy Jassy on stage for the second year in a row here at VMworld, probably one of the biggest things in the industries I've seen in a long time. I think it's being underplayed in the press, but Pat Gelsinger and the entire team at VMware, executive team and tech team, Ragu and others, this huge commitment, I've been witnessing, I have evidence to prove that it's legit on both sides. So the wave's there. The challenge that you guys have, and I think you guys are well positioned for this, is that because VMware and VMworld community has been so open and so effective, that right. you guys are resilient. You, you move with the tides pretty well. I've seen the transitions over nine years. Here's the thing going on in communities. It doesn't have to be we win, you lose game in communities. Right. And right. as people move from a VMware community to say Azure, right. why should they have to leave? So what's happening is, the, for the first time in the history of community dynamics with digital, there's a need to create a backbone or a horizontally, right. this is what we right. want this yeah. project to be, is that you can be in the VMware community, but say you get a job at Microsoft, yeah. you don't, shouldn't have to give up your relationships and yeah. you might leave the mothership at VMware.com community's goodness because yeah. you're not right. there anymore, but you want to carry the relationships with you here. Right. So, like, it's like soccer, right? There's a lot of people right. on the field in different communities, but they work together still. You, you, that has to be fostered. And I haven't seen any solution out there that allows communities to maintain their cohesiveness while letting people migrate to wherever projects they feel comfortable. Right. And content really is a problem because it's usually driven by a website. And I'll talk to you about some of the stuff we're working on. I've been working with Alistair Cook uh, with V Brown Bag and uh, the Virtual Trail Map uh, guy yeah. and, uh, and, and a, a few others to go like, okay, so we've got these brands, we've got this ecosystem, how do we expose it into the, the larger AWS community, right? And we're, yeah. we're working on this. I think your platform and an open yeah. source platform that allow us to move content into a, holler, a, a larger scaled environment, right? That, yeah. that, that also monetizes this because it's going to cost us money to get there. Yeah. Um, and you got to merge community. you got to build, you got to merge networks, but right. it's a good thing, not a bad yeah. no, thing. It's, it's, it's like, opportunity, <laughs> it's a wave. I mean, if, if you're not careful, a wave can go by and then yeah. the, the momentum yeah. has passed you by. But as long as we're on boards, we're sitting out, we're pro surfers, we can catch this wave. And Eric, I think Eric, that's you, exactly you know, I'm a, you know I'm a tech nerd, so right. we like to build our own software. People don't know we have a big software technology component right. to our business. But let me tell you my observation of being in the media business for the past 15 years. In the old days, it was build audience. Audience development was the ethos of media companies. Build audiences, that's going to show ads and stuff. Okay, well now everyone's connected. You hear Pat Gelsinger on stage, you got everyone's got mobile phones, everyone's digitally connecting, it's only gonna get more proliferated. So if the audience is already there, you don't need to get them, you need to connect to them. So what we're seeing with media businesses, it's not about building the audience anymore, it's about creating networks and merging networks together. So one thing we've seen in our data is our Cube Nation, our loyal fans that right. love the Cube, we want to connect them in with, we've done that with your community. We've yeah. done it with all the different event communities. So connecting networks is the new yeah. ethos. It's yeah. like blogging and linking in the old days. You right. link to your blogger friend because you wanted to share the traffic so the mainstream media didn't get it, right? right. And that was an ethos of sharing. Now it's an ethos of network connections. And you don't have to foreclose what you've done to do it. So Amazon, they got their culture. 
You've got your culture. Yep. Got to create we're bridges. Gonna, we're gonna pull, pull them Together. down the nets. Yep. Yep. Traversing. Yep. It's networking. Yep. That's what. So are you? Are you? Do you guys go to uh, reinvent? Yeah. This is our. We've been past seven years. Uh, reinvent and VMworld are our two biggest communities actively right. in terms of technologists. Right. CNCF. We've been covering since creation. Linux Foundation. We're heavily. Um, uh, embedded into the DevOps cloud native world right. and enterprise legacy uh, with the Dell EMCs um, and some kind of a nice observation space of events and communities that we've participated in. All right. So Good. we've kind of been traversing it. So again, we're solving our own problem, which is we love connecting with these communities because the events are a proxy for communities. And yeah. So we just got done having meetings with the AWS reInvent guys. We were over there in their booth, you know, having some, you know, in the little mini conference rooms that they set up. It's yeah. a pretty nice little space. Well, you guys, I got to say, just uh, for the to VMworld, VMware, and AWS, by far the most innovative events we've done because they were the first ones. VMworld was the first event to have two sets, okay, yeah. two cube sets. Amazon quickly followed suit. There's just so much content. It's just very dynamic and very yeah. robust, so... So we're we're going to uh, bring V Brown Bag. We're gonna we're gonna be uh, we're gonna go there. They're gonna give us a space in their kind of innovative innovative community area, big area. We're gonna, they're gonna give us more than we pay for. So uh, uh, and it's mostly because they came by our area, like that that got the reinvent owners of the of their community spaces and the, the innovative kind of maker space that they have there. Uh, they saw what we were doing here. They saw the code program. They saw the hackathon. They saw the maker spaces and they saw V Brown bag and they were like you know between the cube and our area they're, they're like they're like they wanted us yeah. right and amazon so, has got a great community i'm a big fan of the company obviously all of our tech is on amazon right um, we've been programming cloud native we have 15 plus people now on our team and we have no it i was explaining to one of the executives at dell like you no it who who solves email problems i go well we don't have any email problems i do email right if someone wants yeah. imap or outlook i just check a box you know so this is the new world it is the new the world. The new world is yeah. going to be completely cloud native. It's really awesome. So, yeah. So we're looking forward to that, and uh, and we will be making some announcements to, to, uh, about uh, reinvent and how to bring community men members there. We know a lot of our V experts, a lot of our community people are going to be there. But now I'm going to have to drag John White along and Alistair and everybody. You know, and uh, and you thought it was just VMworld Europe, but now it's going to be VMworld Europe and AWS in November. So you know the thing about AWS, you know how hard it is to run the shows here because you're at VMworld it's always fun you're running hard there's so much content and so much action at night multiply that in terms of like you can't walk in the hallways at reInvent right. it's so crowded I think they're going to probably outgrow Vegas in terms of attendees wow it's 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 huge where do you go next they have, might have to create their own venue. You know. Yeah, and then, the you know, got so much it, money. It just reminds me of the Salesforce event. What do they call that? What's the Salesforce Dreamforce. event? Dreamforce. Dreamforce. Like yeah. when you go to Dreamforce, you realize that it's not data center operators anymore. It's anybody that has a business that wants a little IT is the AWS co customer now, yeah. right? Because you, you're, you're running a ten-person shoe company, you know, and you're selling shoes or you're selling bee honey or whatever. You go to AWS, you get your you, your platform, your service, and, and you run it. And now you're an AWS customer that can show up and reinvent. So the, the volume is yeah. just crazy compared and to you guys have done a good job. To. I think you guys are going to get, your two communities are going to get along. They have the same ethos as you guys. They work hard. They play hard. Um, they're authentic. Right. And they don't suffer fools. I mean, these, you know, they're, they're yeah, yeah, you no, know, not. Yeah, no, you're yeah. a pretender. You're out big yeah. time. So, yeah. um, 
It's great. So, so, we're, so we're looking forward to that. Yeah. So uh, we'll, we'll probably see you there. And, uh, cool. Thanks. And, you know, keep, keep doing the, the, the podcast. Um, switch gears a little bit. Like, uh, so show, uh, what do you think your top, you know, five things are that you saw around the show that you think is Here? interesting? Yeah. Well, one, the Andy Jassy on stage to me was yeah. super important. I've gotten to know him at a personal level and Pat and the team for nine years here. It's real. I mean, that deal is game-changing for VMware. Everyone in the field, whether I talk to customers and then salespeople and engineers, they love the clarity around the fact that the cloud has got visibility, and it's just a huge weight off their shoulders. they got to take care of business on the IT footprint. That's their top priority, and, and it's very clear on the focus. NSX, I think NSX could be really freaking amazing. And it already has got great leadership. Andy Bettenstein, the Rembrandt of oh, circuit son. boards, yeah, yeah, basically yeah. said, founder of Sun, yeah. founder of Arista, the guy's a genius, he's just amazing, gave NSX a huge compliment, he didn't even know it, I mean, he's on the queue, so it's on the record, I'll get a highlight of it. Is he here? He's, I interviewed him on Monday. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's awesome, big fan. He said NSX is way ahead of anything. And we were calling it the TCPIP moment where Someone's going to build TCP/IP for the cloud, meaning an interoperability mechanism. Mechanism, yeah. And TCP/IP right. created great value, powered the computer industry for twenty-something years, thirty years. We need interclouding. We need to have something, and I think NSX could be that. Um, and it's looking yeah. pretty good right now. So I was impressed with that. The uh, exhibit hall, I haven't seen it this good since 2012. I mean, I think 2012. I remember going saying this is the loudest I've ever seen it, um, and it's just been super loud. Book pack this year, same thing. Just like 2012, it feels like it was just jamming. Yeah, I know that they're you know the the attendance is up by like some three or four percent or whatever it is. Not huge, but there. But I know that Europe attendance is also uh, you know doing really really well, yeah. like a 1.8x or something like that. So uh, you know you see that uh, one yeah. we picked up some more attendance here, so we got momentum. But then Europe is also on fire, right? So I think people are seeing VMware really not really. See, I think. You guys are seeing a result of the work you guys have done on strategy and execution. Products are starting to come out um, of R&D and, and development that's hitting the street. The financial results speak for themselves. But I think people are realizing that VMware really is seriously about the cloud operating model. And I, the key word's operating. Yeah, yeah. Amazon's got a great developer framework at Cloud Native, but IT operations is going under huge transition. You guys own that space. So, you know, I, I think the future obviously is developers and operators, you know, and that's going to yeah. be the world of personas developing. And to me, VMware owns the operators inside the enterprises, whether they were just provisioning storage or uh, servers or IT management, you've been in the middle of it with virtualization. So it's like, no brainer to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty interesting. Pretty yeah. interesting stuff. Good, good vibe. Good buzz. Good vibe. Yeah. Uh, and then the cube just rocking on. Your set. We just we'll just talk. <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll just talk a little bit about your set. We'll, we'll do some shout outs to your set. Like your set is massive now, right? I yeah. mean, it's like yeah. what do you got? What do you got on the set? You got like two studios plus other areas, or is it three studios plus photo ops? I don't know. So we try to up our game every year, as you know. Right. We're gonna, is that we want to get photography. We got the video production increase. We have multiple cameramen angles. So we really want to get the best looking shots on digital. The interviews go 15 minutes. We now have technology to make one 15 minute video, as many as many assets off one video. So we have unique technology to make editing and making asset creation more, even more 
greater. I, ju I just look at some of the gear. I got in our play. It's like I remember the first VMworld we did together, where we had like little tripods that you get at Best yeah. Buy, plus a little Canon, 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 plus little little tiny cameras, and it's like and we just did it right. Yeah. And like and I, and I look at it now, and I go, I, I just got to go. Like man, I knew you when it was just you and some cameras. We leave the live stream on. Now hey, I, we live I'm, now. I'm like, do you even do interviews now? Like, there's like professional people. That it, it looks like an yeah. ESPN crew, right? Like. It's yeah. like it's, it's that big, and and and, yeah. and, the, demand, and the gear is amazing. The gear's got to be good. The demand for the content is strong. Again, we don't we don't really track the because uh, we have no registration. But people are learning on digital. It's a non-linear progression to proficiency. People are learning. They're learning about new things. They want to know who the people are. Social media is a very social dynamic. It's about the people and what they have to say. We're very data driven. Where our, our interview formats about the guest. And so we want to make the guests look great and get great photography. And so we just kind of try to bring that to bear and just dump it out to the community for use, all Creative Commons, upstream project. Yeah, so I, one of the small things that I noticed was that um, you have video screens and uh, so people can in the show can actually watch it. And I think I've seen, maybe this was a few years back, where that didn't exist. So people just kind of walk by and they'd like curiously look over and not know what was going on and keep on going. Now... They can actually watch the live stream from the show floor, you know, just off the wall of the set. And all of a sudden, now they're wondering about the cube. Well, what other videos are back there? Like, and then going through the back catalog. Well, people know, like that. to hear their, their their friends up there. Or so Michael Dell's up there. It's a huge crowd. Obviously, it's Definitely. almost like a public panel discussion, the way the interview formats were. People love the, love the style. So that's awesome. We're so proud of that. We want to expand more hosts. The other thing that's happening, to your point, is, is that... There's a dynamic around the listening of it. It's a social, it's a social feel. Uh, and, and our goal is just to make that better. I mean, I, I was just talking with a, a blockchain friend of mine. We're goofing on token economics. We would love to do, and I tried to do it this year, but I couldn't. The tech preview wasn't as good enough as I had wanted. But I wanted to keep some cube slots open for the community and let the community vote and let them tell us who should we interview because that's, that's collective intelligence. So I'm hoping someday, maybe next year, there's a third set that's voted right. on, and, and we'll on. interview yeah. and right. let the right. and, and if something's trending, if some like uh, something in the audience is trending, we should get notifications from the community and reward people for giving us tips and have a voting system. Who should we interview? That, yeah. So so yeah. I I know that uh, you filled up this year, and yeah. I think that, I think there were actually some executives at VMware who you know you kind of dilly dallied on getting in the slots right and so slots have been coveted right yeah. just to yeah, just to man. just to get the get exactly one guy said auction the slots off like edwards you know first day not premium pricing surge pricing I'm like look that's not the way we roll but you know we want to get and like that's a great idea but I'll, I'll flip back to the idea of i think there's opportunity here where we should be streaming more of your your content throughout the venue Right, so that if you're over in the sessions hall, there should be some some monitors that were actually just live streaming the content yeah. co constantly. It reminds me of visiting Bloomberg. If you've ever been to Bloomberg offices in New York, they got the sets that you walk in yeah. and you see them filming right at, you know, right in the lobbies of the place. But then you walk through the Bloomberg set, and they actually had embedded screens in the floor. Yeah. So you're walking down the hall, and you'd be just watching and listening <laughs> the streaming content that's going on. And it's kind of this digital integration that's happening. Yeah, I mean, our goal with the Cube right. Cloud, Eric, is to make video and media easy. So if you think about cloud computing, why did Amazon be so successful? You'd have to provision a data center or a server. Well, what if we could provide media services so that no one has to 
provision blogging software and video assets, you just plug into the cube network and, and use the tools that we have. I mean, I would envision segmentation continuing to happen. You know, you have the mainstream tech news that now will compete with CNBC. I mean, CNBC had Pat Gelsinger for 20 minutes waiting and they, they didn't broadcast them because of Trump. And they, that's Gelsinger, it's the CEO. Like, they passed on Gelsinger, this is in. So there could be a set just for that high yield content, and you could have segmentation. You could have the community cube. Right, you could have right, the, the right. Uh, alliance right. cube, the partner cube. So as content gets more contextual, why not do that? Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. we're envisioning yeah. that video will be critical there. So what we want to do is give our tools to people to use and let that be a filter. Now the challenge is how do you filter it? Enter KubeCoin. Let the community decide. Yep, 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 reputation, yep, based reputation. On, yes. Yeah, assigning uh, assigning blockchain cubes to the to, yeah. to the content. And you get photography, you get all the assets, you get the tools, right. Right. And, it, and you shouldn't have to spend money to be in the media business. If you're good, you should be able to plug into a cloud system and get up and running with some sets of building blocks that can get your value up there and seen, not slog down and I gotta hire a guy to do video, I gotta get a blogger to do this, I gotta get a podcaster, or, or I'm just a writer newsletter so you know it's really hard to do a media business right? it's really hard it is well John Furrier you're the, you're the content king for sure you Thank absolutely you. got that going uh, we're running up to the top of the hour so I'll just do a couple things where are you going to be next what's your what's the rest of the 2018 look like and uh, and how do people kind of follow along and uh, and, and consume consume your content um, we are going first of all to get find out about the cube it's the cube.net not the cube.com okay. that's a different URL Cube.net is going to have a schedule of where we're going to be next. All the videos are on there, and you can start to see the foundation of some of our software. We got all the Cube alumni. There's a little link at the top called Cube Alumni Database. Click on that and poke around. You'll see some awesome networking opportunities in there. We have their LinkedIn addresses, and we're creating profiles for all the people that have been on the Cube. We're going to be at um, going to Bahrain with AWS. First time the Cube has ever been in the Middle East on September 30th. That's coming up. So we're going to have, because AWS opened up a region there, Andy Jassy kind of mentioned that. Um, so that's next. We were going to go to Alibaba Cloud Computing Conference in September. We passed on it because China doesn't do live streaming very well because they ban the services that we use. Yeah, right. So, it's tough to do so that. We, to yeah, do. We've run into that ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little bit hard. And then uh, coming up here, this, this show, AWS reInvent and VMworld are our two biggest shows by far for the year. Um, we're going to be at AT&T Spark Palace of Fine Arts uh, on Monday. Pager Duty's got an event. Sumo Lodge has got an event. We're doing a new event in New York City called Cube NYC. So we're going to start to, start to see the Cube do their own little open events around our community where we want to showcase our community on stage and share that profit with the community. So if we get into the event business, it's going to be really more to fund the projects. Not right. so much you know, line our pockets up. So that's Cube NYC. I think what you really are is just a master shipper, right? Because you're going to have to ship gear all over the world. Well, we have good relationships and partners in the UK. We have uh, Tony Day, who's amazing. So we now have a partner in the countries. So we don't have to ship it. Canada's a little bit of a problem. Of course, we don't have one there yet. Uh, Asia, we don't have oh, that's anyone smart. yet. Yeah, that's smart. So we just drop yeah. in with our workflow, yeah, 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 yeah. bring yeah. our plug in. Our yeah. value is not the production. Most people right. don't understand. It's not about video. It's about the network and the format and the workflow behind yeah. the scenes. Oh, so, so that's interesting. You really subcontract out the, yeah. the video stuff to the locals. Yeah, yeah. Well, Vegas pretty much is our team because they, right, they right. can go to Vegas so much. But we're like, uh, it's, a, it's an operational franchise, right? So it's like in and out Burger, they all look the same. Uh, you know, they all, these franchises kind of the same operational mechanisms. Our unique IP is the workflow and the integration of the parts that make the system efficient. 
So it's really about not making it about video production because the video is just a way to gap capture it and we try to standardize how the thumbnails look on YouTube, photography spec, we have a spec for that. So essentially investing in an operational ability to repeat it. Right? Right. And so we want to offer that up to anyone now. So why not? That's the whole purpose of the Cube Cloud and the open network. So um, Alibaba Cloud, I mean, the list goes on. We do 100 and right. events so a year. You go to your website, you got it there. Cube.net. Cube. And, and siliconangle.com is our journalism. It's completely subsidized by the money right. we make on sponsorships. So there's no ads. It's real journalism on enterprise and emerging tech. Right, and we didn't get into that. Sometime we'll have to come back and just talk <laughs> about all the research and all the amazing, yeah. you know, deep dives on the technology industry that you guys do. And the preview well. is vmworld.thecube.net. It's a tech preview, so don't judge yeah, by how hard it is to use. It really sucks your, to use. So blockchain, uh, you know, it's not for the faint of heart. It's for alpha geeks. It's for people who want to know the back cool. end bone. So okay. take a look at that. Thanks. All right. Thank, thank you very much, John. Uh, yeah, we appreciate it. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll close out with the, with the V Barbecue Report. We did have the uh, V Expert uh, show. We did have the pig there. In, uh, we got rated, you know, Vegas barbecue on a scale of 1 to 10. It was like a five, right? It was it was better than a you know classic conference barbecue, which would be like a two or a one. So the Texas guys told us that we 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 got a five out of that. So well, the Texas guys bad. would say it's not uh, beef. So yeah, that's true too. Right? Like I said, it's not Texas cattle. guys would say it's only yeah. only brisket is real barbecue or something like that. But yeah. uh, it's whole pig, so I mean you got to get some bonus points for that. Right? Yeah, yeah, that's it. All right, well, we're here we are. We'll finish up now. The, thanks to John White for bringing your MP3 recorder. If you happen to be listening to the show on TalkShoe, um, uh, we just set that up so that people that came in live could hear it. We're going to be uploading the MP3 audio quality version in maybe the next hour. So thanks for being here, and we'll see you again next week. Bye-bye. Thank you.